Turning my pain into purpose is pretty much what I have done to start this foundation. In August 2020, after the death of George Floyd, Bridget Floyd and other family members established the George Floyd Memorial Foundation in support of the black community. It's going to take more than just us as a foundation. It's going to take the community, the world, to make a change. Fight for racial justice for the black community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Welcome into Demon Time on April 6th, where we're bringing you all the content related to DePaul Athletics. Just like last week, we are bringing you the other half of our spirit squad this week with our DePaul dance team. And the first half of today's episode... We are joined by the head coach, Shannon Elizabeth Lurst. Coach, thank you for coming on and joining us once again today. Thanks for having us. I love these features. Yes, and just like last week, we want to start off by, you know, reminding that dance is a sport, and it should be recognized as one both at DePaul and across the world. These athletes prepare physically, mentally, and emotionally to, for, to perform at their best of their abilities. You know, they practice, they perfect their skills and routines, and they compete. They do everything that is required to be considered a sport which is why we should give them the credit that they deserve. And coach, before we begin, say that louder. I was going to say anything you want to add about <laughs> let's, that. Let's clap with that one. Um, no, I think, I mean, you said it so eloquently and, and it really is, these are athletes and they put in so much time in the gym, um, not only working on their bodies, but their minds. And, and it really, it, they, they give their heart and soul into it. Absolutely. And, you know, thank you for sharing that. We'd love to highlight things like this. This is why we do this show, so we can learn about the stories. But let's now move into the dance team and talk about your athletes and your abilities to coach. And we'll start off with my co-host, Jack Thiel, today, starting us off with some questions. Yeah, of course. Well, of course, thank you for being here. And we love to do these types of things because, you know, Caleb and I and the rest of Radio DePaul Sports believe you guys deserve that spotlight. You know, us covering all the basketball games this year, we see how hard you guys work day in and day out. And we're just happy to have you guys on the show. So, here you are as a cheer coach, but you're also the dance coach. So what is your background in dance, and how did you be become the DePaul dance and cheer coach? So I graduated from DePaul. I am a double blue demon. I got my undergrad and my master's here. And um, while I was at DePaul, I was on the dance team. And so that is really my passion. That's where it started. And once I graduated from DePaul, um, I danced professionally for the NBA for seven years. I was overseas for four years with the NBA dancing. Um, I worked on a national television show dancing, and it's just been a part of my life since I can remember. Um, and then I came back to DePaul to kind of see where the program had grown, became the dance coach first, um, and then as it progressed, took over cheer as well. So walk us through how you build your dance squad every year. It's very fascinating because I feel like there's many ways you can go about it. Do you focus more on the recruiting side of things from high schools or competitions, or are you more focused on holding those open tryouts and seeding, seeing what there is to offer? There definitely is a combination of both, okay. right? So we have open auditions because we want to pull from the DePaul community that already exists. Um, but then we also attend UDA Combines, which is the National Dance um, or Universal Dance Association. They hold combines all over the U.S. Um, just to kind of get the word out that DePaul has a dance team, right, to come to DePaul to dance. 
Um, and not only are we just a dance team that performs at games or home events, um, we're a competitive dance team as well. So I think that pulls for it. And then we'll perform at some local competitions to get the word out for um, our program across the Chicagoland area as well. So again, we talked about the cheer routines last week and the choreo. Um, so what about for dance? You know, you said this was kind of more your specialty. How do you how are you able to come together and, you know, create these dances that we are seeing in the DePaul dance team? So it is a combination. Um, I will choreograph some things. My um, dance coach it will choreograph a lot of things as well. And then we look to our current members to kind of add their own flair. So we'll open up the opportunity to for a lot of our veterans if they want to create routines. So a lot of people don't know, but we do a brand new feature every single home game, whether Whoa. it's volleyball mm. or basketball. So those are a lot of routines throughout the huh, season. Yeah. And... Um, and it is fun to see the different, uh, I guess, creative elements come out of our current members as well. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to that point where they're created and you're getting ready to perform them, how long and how much practice does it take for these athletes and for you to work with the athletes to get it you know, perfected and ready for these game days and competitions? It is literally one practice. Um, these dancers are extremely talented and they can learn a routine and turn it around within 24 hours. Um, wow. And we are constantly learning new things, but I think it keeps them on their toes and it, it's exciting for them too, because we are a dance team that does hip hop, jazz, palm, all the different um, different types of dance will showcase them throughout the season. So it's not, it doesn't become routine. It kind of keeps them on their toes throughout the season. Yeah. And I know kind of question off the choreography. I'm, I'm pretty amazed. It only takes them one day. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely crazy. crazy because of how well they perfect it during the games. I mean, it looks like they've been practicing it <laughs> for years Yeah. at that point, you know, kind of when you do have those practices, how does it go? Is it more of a walkthrough at first, and then you kind of put everything together. You know, how does, you know, when you are learning new dances, you know, say you come into practice, hey, ladies, we're going to learn this new dance. Kind of how does that practice go about? Um, I mean, if we have the luxury of a couple mm -hmm. days, <laughs> we will <laughs> teach something um, and then let them go home and marinate in it. Okay. I like, oh, you wow. know, so they can sleep and, right. and kind of let their bodies have a dream about the <laughs> exactly, <dance. laughs> um, and then they come back, and we will audition it, put it together, and put uh -huh. it in formations. When we put it in formations, is when we're actually like cleaning it, looking at the details, um, and that will take one to three hours, mm. um, and then it's ready to go. Uh, mm -hmm. They are they are extremely talented in the sense that they can, you know, take it and and perfect it very quickly. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about the games. Obviously, that's some of your probably biggest work, and we've noticed at a lot of basketball games, you see all the coaches wearing those headsets, constantly running around trying to communicate, you know, with the athletes for volleyball and basketball games. Can you take us through what that looks like from your perspective? We look like we're crazy from an <laughs> outsider's perspective, I know. Um, but we are constantly adapting. Yeah. So we do get a script prior to going into every game. So there's a basic layout. But we are at the mercy of are things happening? Are um, things happening on time? Are they short? Are they long? Do we need to fill space? Um, are we on a hot timeout so that... 
you know, we just made a, a four mm-hmm. four point run and we don't want the clock. We don't want the fans to sit down. We want to play something a little bit more exciting. So those are things that are always kind of ever changing. And I think the dance team specifically has so many different routines ready to go at any moment. So when you're sitting on the sidelines as a dancer, you have about six to eight routines in your head mm-hmm. thinking, which one am I going to pull out this next time out? Um, and on the headset is what they're communicating that to us. So we are running around trying to communicate that to every single person and uh, making those changes and being very versatile in the moment. I was going to ask, especially for basketball, you have obviously the media timeouts, but when you have those quick timeouts, like you said, it could be a full timeout, could be a 30-second timeout. How do you decide what routine? Is it more of like a team-based thing? All right, we have 30 seconds, we have a minute, let's do this. Or is it kind of, hey, if there's a 30-second timeout, we'll do this routine. Is that already planned or is it kind of, you know, just winging, do, it. winging it. Yeah, it is a little bit of both. And I like to give our captains the opportunity to make a lot of those judgment calls. So we will give them the tools, right? All of the different routines that they can utilize at any time. And then I like to give our captains the ability to make those mm-hmm. quick decisions. Um, and it allows them the creativity element of like, let's do this one this time. This I'm feeling this from the crowd. So let's do this routine. Other than basketball games, volleyball games, you guys are obviously doing competitions. For the dance team, you had a competition in January at Walt Disney World Resort. You guys finished 19th in Division I Jazz. When you have those competition days or days leading up to competitions, what does that look like and how are you preparing to compete for those types of competitions? It is a long process for (laughs) sure. Um, We learn our routine early in the season around September, October, um, and then it gives us about a two-month ability to clean and perfect. Mm Um, And that's on top of doing all of their games and all the necessities that they need to do on the outside. So um, it's it's a lot of extra time, a lot of extra practices, a lot of extra focus. um, But it ultimately is the opportunity for them to showcase on a national stage their talent. Mm -hmm. And then when you guys do have those competitions, do you practice your routines during the basketball games, like the things we see during those games? Is that what you guys use? in those competitions or are those something totally different you guys skills practice? yes the okay. routine no okay. um okay. we we compete in division one jazz which is a lot more of a uh non-basketball atmosphere mm-hmm. routine it's slower it doesn't get the crowd up on their feet <laughs> yeah. but it's showcasing their skills so yes we're practicing our turn sequences we're practicing our jumps those types of elements on the basketball court but maybe not to the same song and obviously we talk all about the hard work, but I'm sure there's some enjoyable moments. And probably when you do have those competitions, when you go to Florida, travel with your team, can you just kind of explain how fun that is for you as a coach to hang out with your team and those types of experiences you're gaining? Yeah, Nationals is really a time for the team to really come together. Um, they learn so much about themselves, about mm-hmm. each other, how it means to actually work as a team. And... Um, And they also get to see other universities and how hard other universities work and how this is a national nationwide sport that is highly recognized and all of the hard work that goes in across the board. And I think it's important for us to recognize them and give them their shining moment because so many times they're cheering on somebody else throughout the entire season and this is their opportunity to shine on stage. So when you get in those moments, too, you know, you're enjoying it, you're getting ready for the routine. But what about nerves? Even as the coach, do you still get those butterflies and nerves (laughs) nerves leading up to the moment? 
I think nerves and butterflies are to be expected as well mm-hmm. as really are important, right? Because that just shows that you care, that you have passion, and it's kind of training yourself how to use those nerves in the moment. So we try to teach them, use them in a positive light and let them push you, give you that adrenaline rush um, to do your best instead of letting your nerves hold you back. So we have those conversations prior to nationals to make sure that we're we're honing in on those those good nerves, those yeah, good vibes, definitely. and we're using them to our abilities. You get more nerves as a coach or when you were a student back in the oh, day? Which one question. was it? Which one was it? <laughs> There's a lack of control as a coach. So, <laughs> you, you know, you kind of do have a little heightened nerves because you ca- you can only provide them with the tools, yeah. right? You can only give them so much and then it's in their hands. So, um Sure, our brains are spinning um, yeah. and we're not on the stage and we can't control their feet, but we can, you know, provide them with as much pre preparation that we can mm-hmm. so that they can utilize my nerves as well. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, you know, we kind of touched on this in a little bit earlier, but you've worked with a lot of people over the years as a coach and you get to learn and, you know, kind of be friends with a lot of people. You know, what do you enjoy and appreciate most about working with these DePaul athletes each and every year? I love to see the growth as humans. Um, to have a dancer come back and say, you know, the qualities that I learned on the te- dance team helped me in this future endeavor. Um, that is a very satisfying situation to be as a coach. Um, my assistant dance coach right now was a dancer that danced under me. So to see her come back and succeed and be an amazing coach just shows that I gave her the qualities to succeed and now she's going to teach another generation. So I think that those are little moments that I I really do appreciate as a coach um, and also just adding to their overall collegiate experience. So many times we don't connect with our university Mm -hmm. and this allows them the opportunity to not just go to class but to have that connection with DePaul um, forever right these are memories that will stay with them for the rest of their time they can look back and and have positive experiences of DePaul outside of the classroom absolutely and that's awesome you know not only being able to enjoy it as a coach but you know making friendships and like you said you have one dancer back on your staff as a former dancer so we love to hear it, and we're glad we were able to talk with you today about dance. And, of course, on the second half of today's episode, we have two of our dancers coming in to talk a little bit more about this great sport. But, Coach, thank you for taking the time to come in, sit, and chat a little bit dance with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So right after this break, we will be back with two dancers from our DePaul dance team. Stick around. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but... Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam! Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it, unless you're a chameleon. 
Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the second half of Demon Time on this April evening here in Chicago. We were just joined by the head coach of the dance team, and we now welcome in the athletes from the dance team, Sarah and Nikki. Thank you for joining us today and coming down to studio to talk dance. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're excited. So we're excited to get going, and we'll get started with the question here. We want to hear about your backgrounds in dance. You know, when did you guys start dancing, and when did you decide to, you know, start really competing in this sport? Um, I started when I was three years old. I started with ballet and tap and just kind of grew from there. Um, Competition-wise, I started in fifth grade. Okay. Um, and that's just kind of like the path that my studio took. Like that was the age that we started competing. Um, and then I competed up until high school. Okay. Nikki? Um, I started dancing also when I was three. Started with like a little kitty class, ballet, tap, all that. And I actually didn't compete outside of school. So I started competing in high school. Okay. So then what about high school? What were those experiences like when you got in? Were you competing or was there a high school dance team that you were a part of or was it a separate organization? What were those experiences like? Yeah, for my high school, um, we didn't compete. We just had our POMS team, um, which performed for the football and basketball games, which was super fun. But it was also a lot more chill than like competition just because we didn't have that goal to work towards. Um, it was more just like game day stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, my high school, we did compete, so that was kind of our focus. Game day was kind of on the back burner, which is kind of a big switch that I found in college. We kind of have a heavier emphasis on game day. But, yeah, it was really fun. We had kind of set competitions, so it wasn't like you just went wherever and you just competed against other high schools and, yeah. Okay. And obviously you go about this journey through all these dances, games, competitions. When did you both realize you want to do this collegially? Yeah, um, I'd say for me, after high school, I wasn't ready to be done. Um, and I actually started at a different university where I didn't dance. Um, so I think I just wanted that like connection and that community to my school. Um, and DePaul had that, so I was really excited to continue dancing. Yeah, after high school, I did not think that I wanted to continue. So um, my freshman year, uh, tryouts were a little bit differently. We had them during the school year, so like September 15th type of like the second week of school. And the night before, my mom convinced me to do it, and four years later, here we are. So. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah, just a subtle shout out there. Yeah. So here you guys both are collegiate dancers. Can you speak on what are, what were the differences from high school dance here to college? Yeah, um, the main difference for me is the competition. High school was much more chill. Um, we had practice like two times a week for two hours. Um, so it was not much of a huge time commitment in high school. Um, so that was definitely the big jump, just that time commitment that the college program is um and also the game days are so much it's a bigger audience it's Mm -hmm. a bigger stage um so yeah just the overall kind of bigger deal (laughs) yeah um i would agree kind of the same thing game day was a really big switch it's obviously like a whole production we do we're dancing the entire game 
which is a lot different from high school. And competition-wise, in college, you only have nationals. Like, that's the mm-hmm. only competition you do, whereas in high school, you have, like, a bunch of preliminary competitions. You have sectionals, regionals, state, all of those things. So instead of, like, getting feedback and continuously working on routine that whole time, you just have kind of, like, a couple months to perfect it, and you just kind of one and done do it. Mm-hmm. And so I have to ask, you know, about the routines itself. You have multiple, I, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. How are you able to memorize all of them? Because as we were talking to Coach, you know, she said, we're throwing in tweaks all the time. You know, we're creating new ones, and you guys sometimes only have 24 hours to kind of nail these down. How are you able to memorize all of them? Yeah, I'd say it definitely takes practice. And, like, as we both grew up dancers, it kind of just comes second yeah. nature, honestly. But for me, I'm kind of someone who takes longer to pick up choreography. So I practice, like, I go home and practice, and I perfect it until our auditions the next day so that I know I can nail it. Yeah, I would say this. I'm kind of the same way. I can usually pick it up pretty fast, but just one thing about DePaul is that we don't dance in front of mirrors, so you can't really see what okay, your body yeah. looks like. Yeah, and on a collegiate dance team, it's all about matching everybody else, so sometimes it's hard for us to be able to know if we all look the same, if, like, someone's not watching or something. Mm-hmm. So just being able to go home and, like, use a mirror or go to the ray or whatever – to practice and perfect it just to make sure that we're all in unison. Absolutely. And so when you look at the game days, you know, volleyball, basketball for you guys, how hard is it to work, you know, back-to-back nights or three to four games a week? How hard is it to balance that with school, with homework, you know, social lives too? How, how challenging is that? Um, it's not too bad, honestly. Okay. I feel like I've kind of learned that skill of time management and learning yeah. how to prioritize my time. So, like, I know throughout the day I need to plan, like, when I need to study, when I need to do my work and whatever. Um, So, honestly, I've never had a huge problem with managing everything. Okay. Yeah, and obviously, like, DePaul, we're on quarters. We normally take four classes instead of, like, five or Mm -hmm. however many other universities take. So there's kind of a little bit less in that sense. So it's pretty easy to manage. And in terms of social life, dance kind of becomes your social yeah, life. Really? Totally. Like, I would say uh, 100% of my friends are on the dance yeah. team. Okay. So, so. Do, you, do you enjoy that? Like yeah. that being your social life? I mean, yeah, absolutely. We have so much fun at practice. It's just okay. such a, like, a familial kind of vibe. Like we're all friends and we have fun. Yeah. yeah. And so you talk about that. Uh, we saw some of you got to go to the Big East tournament. Where did you guys get to go? Yes. Okay, so how was that experience? You know, being able to go with, like you said, some of your best friends. It was so fun. Um, I feel like when we travel, that's when we like truly bond together, and that's like where all the little inside jokes are made. <laughs> um, but it was also cool just to be able to represent DePaul on a bigger level and represent our program on a bigger level. Um, and perform at Madison Square Garden is so insane, but so cool. Yeah, and you guys, obviously, those big-time games, you also have had some big competitions. You know, you guys were in January at the Walt Disney World Resort, finished 19th in Division One Jazz. Congratulations first on that accomplishment. First, we want to know how fun was that experience for the both of you? Yeah, it was it was really fun. I think nationals is always fun because it's the only time in the season where we get to show our skills Like, normally at games, we're doing it to hype up the crowd, to get them involved and things like that. But nationals is where we really get to showcase what we do as dancers. So that's always fun. And obviously, this was our last one. 
me and Sarah are both seniors. So it was really exciting just to be able to take the stage one last time. And during those competitions, do you have just like one routine you do? Or is there like a plan B or a plan C? And how much work goes into that? No, it is just one routine. Okay. And um, what's nice for us is that we have a very long winter break. Mm -hmm. And that leads right into nationals. So... Um, sometimes we go entire weeks where we're just practicing day and night just on that one routine. So it's two-minute routine. We work on it for around two months, I'd yeah. say, and then we compete it. And then how does the structure work in those competitions? Do you perform well enough to advance the next round, or how do you get ranked, I guess, it would be the question. Yeah, so you get a score out of 100. So there's different categories, like um, synchronization, so okay. dancing together, your technique, like having pointed toes and things like that. You're um, judged on the choreography, which we don't do. Someone else comes and does the choreography for us. Um, uh, your emotion, the way you project yourself and things like that. So there's all these different categories, and you get a score out of 10, and then they kind of just combine that, and that's how you're ranked. And then the top half of the teams advance to finals. And then you do the same routine again, and you're ranked again the same way. Okay. And obviously those weekends are a lot of hard work, a lot of pressure and time. But I'm sure you guys have a lot of fun on those trips and those journeys. Can you just explain what are your favorite parts about those weekends? Yeah, um, I think just being together as a team and, like, getting out of our little Chicago bubble and being mm -hmm. able to go to Florida and Disney World is so fun. Um, and then after the competition, we do get to spend a few days in Disney World, which is obviously super fun as well. Yeah. I got to ask, kind of the butterflies and nerves, whether it's a competition or a game, do you get them? And if you do, kind of how do you go about them when you have them? Is there anything special you do when you do have those butterflies or nerves? Yeah, I get them a lot <laughs> before every performance, um, especially when it's one that we haven't performed yet. Um I don't know. I think just taking like deep breaths and remembering to have fun is so important. Um, and just kind of having those pep talks with our teammates before also kind of calms me down. Yeah, I would agree. Um, for nationals especially, I think the nerves are heightened because it is just a yeah. performance for us. And it's like, I mean, college nationals are a huge deal. They're broadcasted everywhere and everything like that. Um, and something our coaches always tell us is to take it all in. So, like, taking that deep breath and, like, just, like, feeling the lights on you and remembering all the critiques and things like yeah. that and just being able to kind of live in the moment really helps. Yeah, definitely. She talked, uh, Coach did, about her nerves. She said, you know, I can't control I can't control them as well because she's kind of out of the picture once you guys start dancing. Yeah. Like She's like, I prepared you well enough, but... I can't do anything more, but I think it's interesting. And, uh, you know, we'll wrap it up here just asking about why you guys enjoy dance. And like you said, Nikki, you really didn't know you wanted to continue dance until, you know, that moment your mom proposed it. Um, but why do you guys enjoy doing this so much? And why do you appreciate doing it here at DePaul? Um, I love it. It's given me like a community. Um, it's given me just like a way to keep busy, but it's something that I enjoy. Um, I love feeling that energy from the crowd. It really like, I don't know. It's what it's why I love to do what I do. Just seeing the crowd and the energy and everything. Yeah, I would agree. The community aspect is definitely a huge deal, especially at DePaul because it's such a big commuter school, and we're split into two campuses. Sometimes there's a lot of um, like 
disconnect. Okay. So being able to have that community of like like-minded, driven individuals is something that's really valuable to me. And also being able to be an ambassador for the university and represent DePaul, whether that be at a game, at nationals, or at like an outside event, I think that's something that's really special and I'm really lucky to be able to do. Yeah, and you guys are both seniors then. Do you have a favorite memory from your time here at DePaul being on the dance team? Um, I think I have two, probably right, first just performing at Madison Square Garden. Like that's kind of a once in a lifetime yeah. experience. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. So <laughs> that and then the Loyola DePaul game uh, last year. Er, like, yeah, last year. Yeah. OK. Um, uh-huh. At Wintrust when it was like super packed and it was one of my first game days. So it was so uh-huh. fun. Nice. I would say my favorite memory would be our win at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Yeah. That was so exciting. I mean, we couldn't stop smiling. We yeah. were so excited. And the other one would probably be my freshman year. We played Texas Tech, and that was, like, our okay. biggest game that year, mm. and we won in overtime, and, like, all the fans rushed the court. It was just oh my so gosh. exciting. They won't let them do that anymore. They no. had that win against uh, Xavier. Xavier. Yeah, exactly. We were waiting for it. He was broadcasting. I was right, and we were waiting for it, and they all blocked him off. It's oh, kind of no. disappointing. But And you said something about smiling, and I forgot to ask. You guys are always having a smile on your yeah. face, and Gwen brought this up last week in the episode. How hard is it to both do the dance and the routine and then also have to look like, you know, like you're... I don't know, smiling like at a smiling pageant or something. Is the, smi- is the smile real? Like, yeah, is that real? I mean, well, we're when we're dancing, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's second nature. We, we yeah. always smile or make some type of face yeah. and perform. But yeah. when you're sitting when you're on sitting the sidelines, it's yeah, hard. Okay. Then it's harder to smile, especially when we're losing. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that, but we gotta keep it up. We gotta. <laughs> keep you, that you guys are yeah. the energy. That's yeah, absolutely. And, I, I just I can't believe it. I'm always like you guys are always smiling like I have sisters that did dance and cheer and I'm like are you guys smiling so much it doesn't make sense but well thank you guys for joining us and talking some dance with us we appreciate you coming in and sharing with your sport up to us and uh, we look forward to seeing what you guys do in the future and how this dance team at DePaul continues to develop yes thank you and that's going to do it for this episode at Radio DePaul Sports this was Demon Time on April 6th We'll be back next week to continue highlighting our DePaul Athletic Department. Until then, we will see you later. I'm Chris Jackamick. I served in the United States Air Force, and I deployed three times. Being a veteran, it's interwoven into your DNA. Is really the absence of the connection and the purpose that can really drive a lot of veterans to some uh, negative thoughts. For those who are in a suicidal crisis, the window of time to save somebody's life is very short. Our duty is to protect ourselves and protect our families. And one way you can do that is store your weapons safely. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. Brought to you by N Family Fire and the Ad Council.